Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, Who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. This is a marvelous verse that is well beloved by many that love the Lord Jesus, especially those whose background is easily described by the phrase, authority of darkness. If we've had a particularly sinful or dark past, then likely our appreciation of this transfer is quite keen. But many others have not had such an evil and wicked past, seemingly. So while they may agree doctrinally that such a transfer has taken place, the heartfelt realization may not be quite as strong. But what was the Apostle Paul referring to when he wrote these words to the believers in Colossae? Well, the answer to this question will likely surprise you, so don't miss our program today in this Life Study of Colossians. And Bob Danker is joining us for, I think, a very enlightening, even profound program. Bob, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Chris, as we start this uh, Life Study of Colossians. And this book, as you said, is very, very profound, profound in its revelation of Christ, and it is also very profound in revealing the things that frustrate us and keep us from the enjoyment of Christ. This verse, Bob, in Colossians 1 has a lot of similarity to another passage related to Paul. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Paul is giving an account of his own salvation experience, and he recalls when the Lord Jesus said to him, I send you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Bob, Paul must have been considering this word that he heard directly from the Lord Jesus as he was writing to the Colossians, don't you think? Yes, I agree, Chris. Actually, Paul, we know by reading the New Testament, he was a very ambitious young man in the Jewish religion. Right. And he was very zealous to keep the law. We know this from uh, the book of Philippians and also the book of Romans. Paul was a young man advancing in the Jewish religion. And he even said in Philippians that he was as concerns the law, he was blameless. Wow. So this is a strong indication that Paul's ambition was to be righteous according to the requirements of the law, and he exercised himself 
and his uh, natural energy to try to attain to this righteousness. But of course, Romans 7 is a very familiar chapter to many believers. It shows us that the more Paul tried to keep the law, the more he came under the power of the law of sin that was in his flesh. So he became a wretched man, one who strove to keep the law, but who was actually under the authority of darkness while he was trying to do good, while he was trying to be right according to the requirements of the law. Paul found out that there was something within him that was actually controlling him and causing him to do things that he didn't want to do. This is a very strong illustration that shows us that this thing that we call the authority of darkness is not necessarily something evil. It can be something good. So Paul, when he was saved, the Lord commanded him and charged him to go to the people, the Jewish people at that time, right. and to open their eyes right. so that they would turn from this darkness of trying to keep the law in the Jewish religion and turn to the light, which is God, which is Christ, right? And that they would be uh, delivered out of the authority of Satan and they would begin to enjoy Christ as their inheritance, the portion that God had given to them. So you can see that it is not such a simple matter to understand what is going on here in Colossians. Bob, normally at this point in the program, we would join Witness Lee for a recorded portion. As uh, we mentioned uh, before, some of these tapes at the beginning, the first part of the life study of Colossians that were given in 1979, the tape recordings themselves had some technical problems that we've not been able to uh, get them restored to the point where we're comfortable bringing those audio portions. So our fellowship today will be primarily around the printed life study message that we usually talk about at the end of the program. So for the listeners who were expecting to hear Witness Lee, Unfortunately, we don't have his recorded portion today, so you and I will do the best we can to carry on without him, but it's a big loss, isn't it? It certainly is, Chris. Okay, I want to pursue this line a little bit, Bob, because I think it's remarkable. When we hear this phrase or read it, the authority of darkness, I think almost universally we would get an image of the vile and most evil things, if not the worst of the worldly things like Las Vegas and uh, gambling and such, maybe even witchcraft or drugs, all kinds of negative dark things. And no doubt these are evil and these are part of the authority of darkness. But we're just not given the option to interpret the Bible this way because there's a context here that we have to take care of. Paul was bringing these things out, uh, these terms, the authority of darkness and those that are being held in the authority of darkness, not in light of this kind of evil, was he? It, It was a much different context that he was writing in to the Colossians, wasn't he? It was, Chris, and this shows us something very important, that we should not read any verse of the Bible and take it out of its context. If we really want to know what the writer is talking about, we have to take every word in the proper context. And here we have an expression in verse 13 of chapter 1, the authority of darkness. Mm. What is this authority of darkness? Well, if we read on in the book of Colossians, we will come to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, Paul mentions a number of things that should be considered as part of the authority of darkness. For instance, in verse 8 of chapter 2, Paul mentions philosophy, the traditions of men, and the elements of the world. These things, he says, are directly opposed to Christ. Then in verse 11, he mentions circumcision, which is verses or against the cross of Christ. 
Then, in verses 14 through 17, he mentions religious ordinances, such as what you can eat and what you shouldn't eat, and the keeping of feasts, and new moons and Sabbaths. All these things, Paul says, they're shadows, and Christ is the reality. Then he mentions, in verse 18, he mentions mysticism, the worship of the angels. And then in verse 23 of chapter 2, he mentions asceticism. Asceticism is the attempt to restrict the lust of the body by mistreating your body. The goal is something good. Right. It's a kind of religious practice. It's a religious practice. So here in chapter 2, what you can see is not what we traditionally consider as dark, evil things, but all the good things of human culture, philosophy, religion, and so on. All of these things are used by Satan to control people and to keep them away from Christ and from the enjoyment of Christ. So this phrase, the authority of darkness in the book of Colossians, doesn't refer to evil things primarily, but to all these things that most people consider very, very positive and good. But they're used by Satan to keep us away from Christ. In our opening program, uh, Ron Kangas was here, and the term came up in his sharing, subtlety. Uh, this is a subtle book. To see this is subtle. Uh, it's not so obvious as the oh, the things that we can so easily identify as evil and associated with the authority of darkness. As you've been pointing out, these are not those type of things. These are much more subtle and therefore, in a lot of ways, more dangerous to God's people, aren't they? They are, Chris. Most people consider religion as a good thing. Most people consider of those who are not religious, they would consider philosophy as something very positive because both of these things, they try to help people to live a good moral and ethical life. But in God's economy, both religion with its moral teachings and philosophy with its ethical standards are against God's economy. They are not positive. They are altogether negative. And both of these things are involved with Satan Mm. and with the authority of darkness. In Romans, Bob, it talks about the need to have our mind renewed. And I think this is a case in point where there's some renewing going on even as we continue on in this kind of fellowship in the light of the ministry we've been given of these verses. The authority of darkness is simply the realm in which God's light is just not shining. And that means it could be something evil or it could be something good, just as uh, you pointed out, philosophy, culture, all of these things, even religion. If God's light is absent, then it is something of the authority of darkness, and it has the potential to hold us, as you said, and hold us away from Christ. There's a portion I highlighted, Bob, in the Life Study printed message that I was quite impressed with. Let me read it and then ask you to comment. Satan has many ways to control Christians. Some are under the authority of darkness because they live according to some natural virtue. They may be kind or humble in a natural way. However, even through virtues such as these, Satan may control us and hold us under the authority of darkness. Some do not receive light because they are under the darkness of their natural virtue. Every natural virtue is an aspect of the authority of darkness. Many saints are controlled by their disposition, either by a quick disposition or by a slow one. Whatever our disposition may be, Satan can use it to control us. This is quite a realization, isn't it, Bob? Yes, it is. It's a tremendous realization. This shows us that 
Even our natural virtues, the virtues and good points concerning our human character that we have that are separate and are not related to Christ himself. They're not Christ himself, but they are just our natural virtues. These things can be used by Satan to control us. In God's economy, God does not want us to live out our natural virtues. He wants us to be crucified with Christ so that everything we are, everything we have, and everything that we can do in and out of ourselves, whether it is good or whether it is bad, in God's eyes it means nothing. All these things that are related to our natural life in God's economy, they should be terminated by the cross of Christ. And then Christ should be the one who lives in us. In God's eyes, it's not whether you do something good or do something bad. What matters to God is who's doing it. Is it you doing it? Or is it Christ living within you? Hmm. And you who are living out Christ. This is God's economy. God's economy is to have us as a vessel to be filled with Christ so that Christ can live in us and we can live a life that expresses him spontaneously without our natural effort. This is God's economy. But... In our good, natural man, we like to live out our natural virtues, express ourselves and what we are in a positive way. And this is part of the authority of darkness. Let me ask you specifically, okay, he referred to here, uh, oh, perhaps a a positive or what we would consider to be a good aspect of our natural disposition, a so-called natural virtue. Let's say we're a particularly kind person. This has just always been part of our character and our nature. How could something like this, Bob, become a uh, a frustration to our laying hold of Christ? Or how could it be something that actually holds us back from Christ? Well, as long as uh, our kindness is just something that's related to us as a natural person, just part of our own disposition and makeup, and it doesn't involve Christ at all, you know, we all as human beings, we were created by God. So we do have a good nature. On one hand, our nature is good. On the other hand, our nature is fallen. But in order to avoid the fallen aspects of our nature, we often like to emphasize the good aspects of our nature, such as our kindness, our honesty, all these positive things that, that human beings admire. Well, as long as we are living in the realm of our natural kindness, our natural honesty, our, even our natural love, uh, we are unknowingly and subconsciously controlled by the authority of darkness. Bob, I think in our experience, uh, if we think about it for a minute, I think we all have the same testimony. There are those things in our being that, of course, we're not so fortunate to have wonderful virtues, but we have some flaws in our character that we're always acutely aware of. And it seems like the longer you go on in the Christian life, the more aware of these, some of these things we become. And, and when we're in the midst of uh, experiencing this aspect of our natural disposition, oftentimes we get quite desperate to get to the Lord. But it's the uh, so the good things in our natural character, uh, we may never have that kind of sense. Uh, This is an area where I really need Christ. We feel quite sufficient in some of these areas. It's very profound. It's very subtle, isn't it? And we desperately need God shining to really know our condition, don't we? That's right, Chris. I'm glad you mentioned this. This matter of light, 
Well, if we're under the authority of darkness, as you said before, we don't have any light. That means what we need is God's light. We don't know where we are. We don't know that we're being controlled by Satan, by the authority of darkness, because we're not in the light. But if we would turn our heart to the Lord, exercise our spirit, and call upon the name of the Lord to contact him, then immediately the light would shine, and we would have a different realization concerning ourselves. We would begin to see that even our good character, our positive virtues, are opposed to God and opposed to his economy. And especially, they are opposed to our enjoyment of Christ and our experience of Christ. As long as we're in these good things of our natural uh, makeup and natural character, we are kept away from Christ. And when we sense this and we realize, I'm not doing anything evil, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm just living out myself, and I don't have peace. I don't have peace within. I don't have the sense of life. I have the opposite sense, the sense of death. This is when we begin to see, oh, I'm off the mark. I've missed the mark. I've been emphasizing all my good characteristics, but these things are not Christ. Yeah. And in fact, they are part of the authority of darkness. And many times we look for opportunities to uh, showcase these aspects of our personality and oftentimes to receive a kind or a complimentary remark from some other person. But really, our reaction inwardly should be quite the opposite. These are the things that should cause us to flee to Christ, aren't they? Exactly, Chris. Bob, let's go on. There's another point I want to get to today, and that is uh, more on the positive side. Bob, the second half of this verse says, and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I think, again, the life study message is particularly helpful here. Let me read another portion. It is easier to give an illustration of the kingdom of the son of his love than it is to give an adequate definition of it. Consider your experience. Coming to realize that the Lord Jesus is so loving and lovable, we begin to love him. As we love the Lord Jesus, we're conscious of a sweet sense of love. Not only does this sense of love include the Lord Jesus, but it also includes us. We realize that we are also the objects of divine love. As objects of this divine love, we spontaneously come under a certain control or ruling. Before we begin to love the Lord Jesus, we were free to do whatever we wanted. But the more we say, Lord Jesus, I love you, the less freedom we have. Bob, we really have to say this matches our experience, doesn't it? It really does, Chris. Uh, Actually, we are always controlled by that which we love. Am I right? Yes. In every aspect of our living, if we love a certain thing, that thing will exercise control over us. So here we have a wonderful, lovely, and loving person by the name of Jesus Christ. He is the son of the Father's love. He is the one whom the Father loves. He is the beloved of the Father, right? Right. And he's the son of the Father, which means he is the one who is full of the Father's divine life and divine nature as the son of the Father. So here's a person full of life, full of love, and full of light. When we begin to love him, we tell him, Lord Jesus, I love you. We just love this person. Then spontaneously, 
we have a desire to please him, to do the things, to be one with him Mm -hmm. in everything. Right. Not to do something that would grieve him. Why? Just because we love him. To be controlled by the Lord Jesus and not by any kind of uh, religious duty or obligations or any kind of ethical principles, just controlled by this wonderful person, Jesus Christ, because we love him and he loves us and we live in this sweet atmosphere of love between him and us. And this love is so precious to us that it controls us. We simply want to be one with this person. We don't like to do things that he doesn't like to do. We don't even like to think what he doesn't think. We like to be one with him in every aspect of our living, both inwardly and outwardly. So this is a wonderful kind of control. On the one hand, we are restricted to the uttermost. On the other hand, we have the true freedom. We have the real freedom because we are just in this living in this realm of love and life in this wonderful person, Jesus Christ. This is where God wants us. He doesn't want us to be under the control of religion, philosophy, culture, even our own personal standard of morality, ethics, or virtues. God doesn't want us to be controlled by anything but himself in Christ, in this loving relationship full of life and full of light. Bob, this has to be such sweet music to so many who have been living under the bondage of some either external standard or some self-imposed one, as you just said. Our oldest son was just married a few weeks ago after a courtship of about a year. It was really remarkable in this matter of being regulated by love because uh, his mother and I watched him change in so many areas where we had struggled and strived as parents to try to, you know, mold him in a certain way and things that just seemed to be utterly impossible. All of a sudden now he's just spontaneously doing because right now he's in that stage of uh, his relationship with his bride where he is definitely being controlled by love. She's not standing with a stick. There's just a desire to please there. Really, this is the principle we need to apply to our Christian life, isn't it? We really have a loving relationship with our bridegroom. We really do, Chris, and the more we enjoy this loving relationship, the more, on the one hand, we'll be freed from all other controls, and on the other hand, we'll be restricted and ruled in a proper way. And not only that, as we are loving the Lord spontaneously, he dispenses himself as life into our being, and we have the grace, we have the the power of the divine life to live a life that is one with him, that expresses him, and that pleases him. We have the ability to do this because we're not only loving him, but we have life. We have him as our life, and we can live a life that pleases God. And this is marvelous. So what should we do? Every day, even many times a day, we should just tell this wonderful person that we love him. Lord, I just love you, and I want to be one with you. I don't want to be controlled by anything. I like to be under your heavenly, sweet, divine ruling. Wow. Bob, I uh, missed our brother's portion, but I sure enjoyed our time together. Would like to thank you for being a part of it. Uh, It's always a bit more challenging when when we don't have his wagon to hitch up to, but uh, we did have a wonderful life study message to cover and some great verses, and I enjoyed it very much. Oh, I did too, Chris. 
Let me leave you with our toll-free number, and uh, we hope you'll contact us. We'd love to uh, see you get these life study messages from Colossians in your hand early on as we begin this life study. It would, I think, be a great benefit for you. And you could follow along and uh, get into the matters that we touch each day at your pace and in more detail. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.